Welcome to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. This is the podcast that gets people waffling about their mental health, coping mechanisms, life's minor inconveniences, and the music that soundtracks it all. So join me as I open up shop and have a waffle. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another episode of the Waffle Shop podcast. Today, I'm joined by singer, songwriter, and big Dolly Parton fan is Kate. Welcome to Hi. the Waffle Shop. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so really generally, excited. it's a pleasure. Um, <laughs> we were saying before we um, hit the record button, obviously, you just performed at a festival. So yeah, I wanted I to launch... Oh, no, sorry, carry on, carry on. See, this is what I do. This is what I literally invite my guests on. I just talk over them. Oh no, that's <laughs> so, I was literally I was talking over you. <laughs> oh god. Um, but yeah, I was at two festivals this weekend. I was just saying we went to Inverness and then the Lake District, so it was really fun. <laughs> Love that. Good. Is there a difference? Obviously, you're obviously from the other side of the pond. Is there a difference between UK festivals and obviously? I guess worldwide festivals is there because obviously I've spoke to people before and they say that's something about like the UK festival scene that is just like really magic compared to yeah. like, other festivals I think it's more feral over here like in a really fun way <laughs> yes um but I haven't really played because I kind of started releasing my own music like this project while I've been over here like in COVID so I've been to Calgary Stampede and like Canadian festivals but I've never really played them I was in a country band when I was 16 and we played a few like country festivals but that's a very different vibe than over here so like they're very different but I don't know I guess especially compared to like the country festivals I was playing they're way more feral in like a really fun <laughs> way and like the like we don't like I feel like festivals except I guess Coachella maybe there's not as much like fancy dress and like stuff which is yeah. like a term I didn't even know until I like moved over here um it's like people dress as wizards <laughs> oh would they not have like fancy dress elsewhere I, 
maybe I'm missing out on it, but not to like a regular festival. No. Oh, wow. I think it's really like, unless I'm completely, you know, like under a rock, but in Canadian festivals, there's one like kind of near my house um, called like Rock and River. Mm. And like, it's a country music festival and nobody dresses up. You wear like cowboy boots and stuff, but like, there's nobody rocking up in like wizard costume or like, you know what I mean? Like there's nobody like with <laughs> massive lights on themselves and everything. I feel like it's pretty specifically to the UK. That it's is. very British as well to dress as wizards. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I literally love it. It's amazing. <laughs> but speaking of, you know, the conversation's got off to a flying start, you know, the positive vibes are there. However, I do start each one of my shows with something quite <laughs> negative <laughs> that <laughs> basically the problem ends up being me rather than the actual thing that I'm going to moan about. Funny. Um, so, yeah, this is called The Weekly Waffle. And this is something that once I got off my chest, it makes me feel a little bit better. Um, so feel free to get involved. Um, okay. And to be fair, this is an interesting one because I don't know whether this is just a British thing or mm. if this is like everyone does this. And I had friends over at the weekend and I spent like probably the best part of like two, three hours getting the house ready, like tidying around. And the first thing I said when they walked in the door was, sorry about the mess. <laughs> and I don't know whether it's just like, oh. but then it's like, I have actually just cleaned. But then they were like, oh no, don't worry about it. So like that three hours of cleaning that I just did, I don't know whether it was actually <laughs> worth it. So it feels like a British thing that you just did. Maybe yeah. it like I think it's very similar to Canada as well. It's like sorry for existing, sorry for <laughs> entering my home. <laughs> so Dressed funny. as a wizard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. Is there anything that you'd like to get off your chest? Is there anything that gets on your nerves that you'd like to share with us today? That's a great question. Um. You caught me in a good day. I don't know. Maybe if you caught me, I know it's like, you know what I mean? It's like 12. It's Tuesday. It's early in the week. I haven't had anything crazy happen to me this week. So if you asked me this when my flight was delayed from Inverness on Friday, I probably would have given you the biggest spiel, but I'm feeling good today. We, that's, that's what we like. It. Yeah, that's nice. But yeah, my flight was delayed coming back from Inverness, which was actually fine if I was in Inverness, but I was in the airport, so... I mean, it was fine, though. What are you going to do? Easy to be jet. Fair, there's only so many things you can do in an airport as well, isn't it? Like, once you've seen, like, all, like, the, you've visited every kind of food stall. I know. Like, you've kind of That's done it That's about all. it. I know. I really learned some things about myself. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> as she takes a sip of a tea. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I have a really big, really huge mug of tea. <laughs> sorry. I hope nobody hears my slurping. No, it's good. It's all good. They're probably, what's what I'd say? So they used to it on the show, but then realized that probably sounded worse than what it needed to. So I'm <laughs> going to quickly scoot past that. Um, I love when I have a musical guest on the show because I'd like to kind of deep dive into their journey into music. So I've had like people on the show before who have been to see like a certain artist or they listened to an album or they fell in love with an instrument that kind of kickstarted their musical journey. How did your journey into music start oh good question I grew up listening to Dolly Parton like I'm a huge Dolly Parton fan and then I feel like as that kept going my mom put me in piano lessons when I was like four and then um when I was there I saw people learning guitar and I was like oh my god I was like Taylor Swift plays guitar I was like mm -hmm. I want to play guitar and then the first album that I like learned how to play like on guitar was like Casey Musgraves like same trailer nice. different park so that whole album like just 
changed the way I thought about like playing guitar and like you know doing music and writing music so I would like bass and Miranda Lambert I would like listen to their songs and my guitar teacher he'd make me change the lyrics to them so I'd like sing the same melodies as like it's basically I just wrote my own version of a song but it was so good to like teach me how to write music and everything so I guess that's how it started just the country girlies do you know what? that's really interesting though because to fact, I think that's the first time anyone's ever answered that question like that mm. um did you find when you were kind of writing like your words across obviously some of these like the, obviously some of the biggest country songs ever um, yeah that was almost like you were telling your own story but with other people's mutes I don't know yeah it was a lot worse than yeah. <laughs> any of those versions but it was good because it kind of opened up like there wasn't the stress of writing it wasn't as scary as writing just a whole new song so then it was really good and then it made songwriting not as scary to me so then I did start writing my own melodies like a little bit after that but I was like 11 when I was doing that so I think it was just such a good like intro into like writing music and stuff made it a bit less scary that's good to fair it's a nice little kind of like stepping stone into obviously some of the like the anthems that you've created now you mentioned there that obviously you're from Canada yeah that you're now in the UK um yeah how how did that obviously what 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 sparked the move um I went over here on a like just you know like every person's Europe UK trip when I was like <laughs> years old and I was writing for an artist Kian over here at the time and I was thinking about moving to the states for music um because I'm from like a farm town outside of Vancouver so yeah. there's not a lot of sessions and writing for other people there um, there's a great music scene in Vancouver, but not like for writing for other people as much. Uh, so I was either going to move to LA or when I came here, somebody told me how easy it was to get a visa. So I applied and I got it and I moved in like a month. Yeah. And then that. now I was stuck here during COVID and then I ended up staying, which was great. I'm glad. Well, you're one of us now. So yeah. welcome to the team. <laughs> We'll, we'll you get know. you a wizard hat in the post. <laughs> Honestly, <perfect. laughs> there's going to be so much of this now because you've started it. It's going to be like related. <laughs> so um, we're talking about British people's wizards. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we all are. Um, if, you know, when it comes to like the, this, like, you know, like those songwriting kind of like camps or the sessions and stuff like that, do you draw on your own experiences to like, push into like their songs because obviously I know like obviously you've got like your albums and like your own work do you find it easier doing that for you or doing that for someone else oh I definitely I think when I'm writing for other people my main job is to try and get them to like tell me as much as they can about the certain thing they want to write about which is one of my favorite things to do it's just like gossiping and then writing a song <laughs> which is great um I don't know. I was asked this question a few times in the past month is like whether it's easier to write my songs or other people's. I think sometimes I put more pressure on myself to write my own songs, but then sometimes they can come easier because I can write my own music anytime where writing for other people like it's like in a, in a studio usually like with the time and everything. So there's not as much like flexibility. And I, I try not to bring in ideas for other people because I don't want to push my like I don't want to push my shit on them. Yeah. So um. Yeah, I don't know. It just depends on the day because sometimes writing for other people is the easiest thing ever if you have like an amazing, I've been lucky to write with some amazing like artists who know what they're going to say. So it's just like, it's really great. To be fair, you said Kian there. Is that Kian DeCrow? Mm-hmm. Incredible guy. Incredible. He's a yeah, he was actually, he been on he's, here? Yeah, he's been on the podcast. Oh, he actually cool. played um, my 
not to say my home, not my home, my hometown <laughs> recently. Oh, um, cool. And Where are you from? It was um, Coventry in the Midlands. Oh, nice. Cool. Um, and it was really nice because at the time, I think, I can't remember what song it was. Um, one with Ella Henderson. No. Uh, I'll be waiting. Uh, was just about I'll, to. Okay, that one. Was just about to like. It was just kind of taken off, um, and to see like, like hear the story behind it, and then to then watch it on stage, it was like a real kind of like moment to be like, cool. oh, okay, he was a part of like something that I've created to then watch something that he'd created. Yeah, cool. Do you great. get like with you, with your own work when you're standing on stage and you're kind of, you know, you're singing like the. the almost like telling your story um do you get like a real kind of like sense of like I don't know like pride or anything when you have like those kind of songs sang back to you uh yeah I just think it's crazy how anyone knows any lyrics to my songs which was like so cool I had that kind of calling this weekend because it was raining and then there was no one at the stage before we got on and then there was just like suddenly there was like 2,000 people at our stage and then like some of them knew the words and were just dancing and so I was just like this is so cool like I'm like how do you know my music also I'm from Canada so it's crazy <laughs> how someone up in like the Lake District knows my music um but yeah I have that all the time I think it's just insane because I'm so I used to be in like bands and you go to a venue and like nobody knows what you're doing nobody knows the songs nobody gives a shit <laughs> so it's just it's so cool to like I'm really I'm really grateful to play shows where people like are invested and like care about the music which is just yeah I never take it for granted to fair, it, it kind of sparked the question because I was kind of having a I was looking through like your Instagram and there was a post you did but obviously when you supported Maisie Peters um and it was you at the Hammersmith Apollo and all the lights were on and it's almost like I, I love how music do, does this anyway obviously I wasn't that there but watching that I was just like I obviously this is the first time I've met you but I was like wow like like you created this kind of like space for people just to kind of like bow their like their emotions out and stuff um when it comes to like your songwriting and kind of telling your story like where, what's your like main kind of like inspiration oh I think since I've been playing it always changes and since I've been playing live I just want to write something that because I feel like can't wait to be pretty is one of the songs in my set that I look forward to the most because it's like it doesn't even feel like my song anymore. It feels like their song. Like when I, like, cause I used to dread playing it cause it's like pretty, it's just really like emotionally like raw and open. So I'd kind of like dread playing it just in case there's someone in the room that like didn't, you know, they're just like, oh, this is shit. But now I, it's my favorite song to play um, because everyone's taken it over. And I think I kind of like look for that to happen again when I'm writing. Like I'm really aware of like what, you know, will relate to people and I try and just be as like open as I can because I don't know it pays off because that song was so I did not want to release it and then it came out because I like posted a clip of it and thank god because I love that song but yeah hopefully one day I'll do like a big version of that song because right now it's only a demo do you think there's like an element of freedom when it comes to because obviously there's there's quite a lot of obviously experience that like you as a singer songwriter that you kind of like you pull on whether it's good bad like the ugly or whatever you want to label it as kind of thing when it comes into like you know creating these like bodies of work um when it comes to releasing it is there like a level of kind of like panic or like how are you feeling before like a song gets released um 
Oh, I usually get really nervous. I don't know. I'm less nervous. I'm less nervous now because I've had like quite a few songs come out, but I don't know. The more like open the song is, the scarier the day is. Like when I'm just releasing like confident pop girly songs, I'm never too scared unless like, yeah, but can't wait to be pretty and songs like that were really scary to release, but I don't know. Sometimes the like scary ones have the best reward, but then yeah, I don't know. It's just nerve wracking. You, the, the, yeah. I, I love these kind of conversations and um, purely because it's like you can almost feel like how much kind of like emotion goes into some of the songs and stuff and then to have like that almost kind of be released and then it kind of soundtracks like that what that person's going through and it almost I, I've always found this especially with like lyrics with it I mean I'm not musically talented in the slightest but sometimes when I listen to music it it says what I can't say, mm. which I think, especially songs like like you just mentioned, like there might be someone listening in that crowd, like going through like that real kind of like tough time that you might have gone through and you've almost given them their voice. Like, oh, that's so, cool. so powerful. I know because I have that with music, too. I think those are the songs and like that's why I love country music, as I find like country music always finds a way to say things that like I've never even thought about before. So I think that's like, yeah, it's just the best feeling in the world when you find that song and you're like, this is what I've been thinking for years, <laughs> but I've never like put it to paper and stuff. It's powerful though, isn't it? There's something about country music for me that is very cinematic. Mm -hmm. Like it's the kind of the genre of music that really kind of paints a picture. It's like you can almost feel the heat of the sun like you can almost you know like if, yeah, I mean, I've never been to that kind of like side of the world where obviously yeah. where it was kind of born, but it almost takes you there when it comes yeah, to totally. country music. Yeah, I know. I just went to Nashville for the first time and I was like, I get it now. Like, and everyone's so good. You're just like, how do you write? You know what I mean? Like, how do you show up every day and write like the, that good of a song? Was that the they main have something... kind of... Sorry. Sorry, sorry, carry on. Oh, I was saying they have something figured out, but I... <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, it's working. Because obviously with your obviously the, the work that you're creating now like I, I really get like a sense of that there's a lot of and there's a song um that you but to be fair I need to tell you about like you want me because it is an absolute banger okay. like that, was, <laughs> that that made me pull a face earlier when I heard that like I was like okay, so you know that you've done something right um <laughs> but it'll only get better there's a line in one of the songs and it just kind of it gave me that bit of reassurance today that I was like oh, okay it might not feel like it now but it will get better. Oh, I'm so glad. So I know. I, I feel like I was listening to a lot of Shania Twain when I wrote that. And then I just needed that song. <laughs> um, but it's fun. It's like I've tried to have a lot more fun with music this year. So I hope it's like kind of coming through. De definitely. I mean, I didn't know whether to laugh, cry or dance. It was great. <laughs> That's exactly what I want, Taylor. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Job well done. And um, what songs were playing or like music was playing like when you were growing up? Is was country like the main kind of inspiration? Yeah, I just listened to a lot of Dolly Parton. I grew up watching Hannah Montana, so I can't lie, that was a really big inspiration. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think about like Shania Twain was always playing in the house like constantly when my mom like I just knew it was time to grab a mop when my mom was playing Celine Dion or Shania Twain which is so fun. Like I'd I hear it that. at like 8 a.m. in the morning and I was like, oh God. Um, one of them days. Grab the broom. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just think listening to those women, I just, I and I, like my grandpa is like a huge Johnny Cash fan. So I kind of like 
listen to that. And it's a lot of country music. And then I kind of steered, you know, like classic 13 year old teenager. I was like, I hate country music. I'm never listening to it again. I was like, <laughs> so I went through a phase of just like resenting that all I heard was country music. So I got into a big like Lana Del Rey, 1975, you know, like every angsty yeah. teenager. Um, and then I feel like now I've circled back and listening to especially Lana Del Rey, I'm like, there's so many country influences and there's like so much of the same songwriting. So now I've now I've really doubled down on loving country. But yeah. I love that. I, I love these conversations. Um, it would be rude of me to have you on the show and not talk about the album, which, by the way, I think is probably one of the best album titles I've like seen or heard in a very long time because it immediately took me to a place where I was like, have I ever said anything that I would take back? <laughs> Obviously, the album's called Tell Me Things You Won't Take Back. Thank you. Tell me yeah, about it. I know. Well, I need to fix that. It's an EP. It's just a really long EP. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. haven't released an album yet because I call it an EP because if I called it an album it would really freak me out um but yeah I don't know I was just I wrote it over the span of two years and I mean a lot of the songs are more sad than any of the ones I've been putting out this year um but yeah I just it was kind of like a culmination of every song that I loved and like that I wrote in the past two years and I wrote a lot of the songs in my bedroom and I don't know it's just I love that EP so much and I did it with my friend Joe Rubel he produced basically almost the whole thing um but yeah it was really good it was a really like sweet process because I wrote still a lot of the songs in COVID but it was a lot when I was like reflecting on past things mm -hmm. and then living in London which I think like that's kind of intertwined in there it's just like a lot of British name dropping <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wizards on that album um so I will <laughs> let it go that'll be the last time I promise um <laughs> It's, it's fair. You mentioned something there that, you know, you kind of like it was over that kind of like two year period of all those kind of songs. And then now, obviously, a lot of your songs, as you said, are very kind of like more upbeat. They're a bit more dancey. Is it safe to say that kind of with that kind of EP, a lot of stuff was kind of like that you were able to let go of to now mm. be in this position where you can explore that kind of more of a fun side? Totally. I think I always said like that EP was like really telling everyone like who I am especially like my first two EPs and then this year I'm just releasing singles so I was like I can kind of do whatever I want and feel like because the scary thing with me was really like upbeat and happy songs well I don't even know if they're like happy they're just upbeat is like people not 
thinking they're like deep enough or like I just overthink it a lot so I don't know I just wanted to have more fun this year and then I feel like I need both sides to write both so now I'm kind of back in the same mindset as I was as the EP writing sad shit again but there's a very famous song in the uk um by ronan keaton called life's a roller coaster and he wasn't lying he wasn't <laughs> life lying. is life a is coaster. a roller coaster life's a highway you know <laughs> <laughs> exactly um is there like moments because especially when it comes i found it especially from like a podcast point of view there's certain episodes and stuff that are all released that are almost like a snapshot of how I was feeling at that time that sometimes you know I wanted to throw in the towel I wanted to kind of like you know what this is it I don't want to do this anymore kind of thing and then I'll be sat having this conversation now like in a completely different like mindset like having a laugh is there certain songs for you that you look back on and almost I don't know are difficult to sing or are difficult to go back to or even songs that you know, from an upbeat point of view that you're like, oh, do you know what? On the bad days, I'm like, yeah, I remember when it was like, it's not all bad. I can get back to that place. That's such a good question. Um, I feel like like the earlier songs in my EP, like Funny Story and Stupid always like take me back to like when I first like really wanted to like release my project. So yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's hard because I do, I write a lot of songs. Like I write like a few hundred songs a year for my project so it's like sometimes I'll get into like like everyone does like I'll get just writer's block and I just that's my biggest fear is being in a session and not being able to write that day because I don't know I think it's something I need to work on is not feeling like I have to prove myself to every single person um but yeah and then when I listen to like funny story and stupid I'm like I wasn't like I wasn't referencing anything I wasn't like really I didn't really care about what people thought about it because I didn't think anyone was going to listen to it so I feel like I need to like I always go in like when I play those songs live I'm like oh okay this is like what I'm doing Mm. which is nice but yeah I don't have any songs yet that I'm like oh god I wish I didn't release that but there's a few that I definitely don't like playing as much as the others but I probably will just play them it's interesting because I always get you know like people who have like a big massive song like do you reckon like Rihanna ever got like sick of singing like Umbrella? Oh, maybe. I don't know. See, I just, I always, I don't know though. I guess it just depends who you are as a person. I don't know. Maybe she didn't. Yeah. But um, I don't know. If something made me that much money, I'd be singing it every night. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> That's, That's true. I don't, I don't really get like um, people who don't sing their like most famous songs. I don't really understand it. Cause like for me, even like my biggest songs, if I'm like really sick of them, I just feel like even to the small level that I am, I'm like, oh, like this got me somewhere. Like this yeah. helped me be able to do these shows. So I feel like it's it's hard when you go to shows and they don't play their like biggest hit. I just don't get it. We well, like that's your journey, biggest hit. isn't it? Yeah, and like denying that because so many people are like, people just like this song and they don't like my whole project. And it's like some people just want the song, yeah. <laughs> which is okay, which is <laughs> totally okay. Um, like they're still like paying money to go and see you and, you know, like give them what they want. <laughs> I, but, I get a real sense from you that some, something about like being on that stage is exactly like where you're supposed to be. Oh, <laughs> thank you. I mean, I love it. I think it's like every single time I get in the mood that I'm like, I'm quitting, which is rare, but I think it's good. My, my friends have a thing called Quitmas 
So a few times a year, we're allowed to be like, we're quitting. And we're not quitting, obviously, because, but it's healthy to be in Quitmas. Um, and <laughs> I don't know, every single time I then play a show, I'm like, obviously, I'm not quitting. Like, this is the best thing ever. I'm very lucky to do this job. Like, I was nannying for the first two years that I was in London. And wow. I absolutely loved it. Like, I loved being a nanny, but it was hard to do both. And now I get to do music full time. I'm like, I'm never, ever, ever being ungrateful for this job. Love how how do you navigate those kind of like feelings of like, you know, as you said, quitmas? Like obviously, <laughs> that I think that's probably one of the healthiest things I've ever heard <laughs> on this show because it, it's it's so. <laughs> I feel like everyone should celebrate this. Everyone should celebrate quitmas. It's my friend um, Geneva <laughs> and my friend Roy who came up with it. And I just think it's really, it makes me feel better because I feel like sometimes if I'm having like a bad day in music, if I push it down, then it turns into like a bad week where if you celebrate Quitmas, then it's over. Like there's only one Quitmas and then you get, then the next day you wake up and it's fine. But I don't know. There's something there, <laughs> honestly. You need to, there's something there. You need to do something because I genuinely think that's one of the best things I've actually ever heard on this show. <laughs> Because there, because there is so many times when you want to like throw in the towel and it's like, like you said, like those days can turn into like weeks and then months sometimes just like, Joe, what, this isn't for me. And mm -hmm. when things get like, other than kind of quitmas, is there anything that like, maybe like a coping mechanism or anything like that, that you kind of, that you kind of lean into when things do get a little bit kind of heavy? Yeah, I think it always, like for me, whenever I feel like the most down about music is when I'm like constantly comparing myself to other people um so I just go and do something completely unrelated to music or I'll go and like spend time with my mom like I'll go home like I kind of had that a few months ago I was like I'm just I'm so excited to like make an album and do things and do music and but sometimes like especially like I'm so far away from home and a lot of my friends who do music they're so far away from home so it's good to like I don't know kind of go and see my mom and stuff and then mm. I never want to quit like I'll never quit music. It's just more like it's good to have. I guess it's healthy to have bad days because yeah. any other job you have bad days. So, also, and to be fair, there's something quite powerful in recognizing the bad day because it is just a day. And you know, I love the fact that you like you go and see your mom, like you go and see your friends and stuff because it's it, we're in this kind of generation of sometimes we don't give ourselves what we need because we sometimes like feel guilty that we have to like show up all of the time when it's mm -hmm. in those kind of days when we do want to throw in the towel you know those little visits with your mom or even if it's just like it's journaling for me um yeah that's nice that it's like oh okay I can do this it's just a bad day yeah and I find I don't know if you find this too I find especially in the creative industry actually I think in all industries it's like so many people lie about how they're feeling with their jobs because there's this sense of if I admit that it's hard people won't think I'm deserving of this job where I don't know I just the more like I talk about it with my I'm really lucky like my friends in music like a lot of my friends are songwriters and then artists um so we all kind of get to chat about all those things we're very open to like yeah. how you know it can be so I couldn't imagine doing it without that support yeah. um but I do think like more people should talk about especially the beginning stages they're just you know gonna have weird days it's true you know you're absolutely spot on I mean I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be sat here having this conversation now if I didn't talk about the bad days and <laughs> recognize the bad days and um, but one thing quickly before we um move on comparison is the thief of joy mm -hmm. so 
I just wanted to, I say it quite a lot on the show, so I just wanted to drop that in there. It's like, you're doing that, you're smashing it. Oh, Stop thank it. you. <laughs> um, I know it is. Like, I, yeah, I totally, it is. It's just silly, but, you know, everyone does it. Weirdos, the lot of us. Um, I know. The UK tour, for people yeah. who haven't been to a Kate show, obviously you're taking this to every major city now, pretty much, in the UK. <laughs> in the UK. In the UK. For now, for now. Yeah. Worldwide, I know, for now. Soon. Hopefully North America, <laughs> soon. Hopefully, and Europe. Um, yeah, I'm so excited. I can't wait. These are like the biggest venues I've done for my own music, so I can't wait. It's almost like, I was told yesterday, it's like... 75 80% sold out or something so we'll see hopefully like the whole tour that is incredible so that'll be fun so hopefully people show up <laughs> <laughs> but how, how is that like getting those kind of like that feedback because again like that to me is like you can't argue with the facts those days when like the imposter syndrome might be seeping in or the self-doubt or like oh do you know what can I do this that right there is proof that you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Oh, you can't you. argue with the facts. <laughs> yeah. Someone's spending 11 pounds on a ticket, like for me, which is crazy. Yeah. But I'm like, vibes. Um, but what yeah, it'll be fun. It's a whole new show too. Like I'm doing a whole new show. Cause I kind of, I've been opening with the same like song, kind of closing with the same songs for the past like year. Cause I've only been really like touring and doing my project for like, like as in after COVID, because I released music in COVID for the first time. So I've only been doing the live part for like a year and a bit. So it's kind of been the same-ish show, but this fall tour will be a whole different show and it'll be longer and like, they'll be, yeah, I'm just so excited. It sounds I so could, cool. I could feel it. I, did you, like, I feel like you, you kind of like stepped up a little bit then. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> <laughs> and I have three questions that I always ask on the show and feel free to be as honest with this um and there's there's no wrong answer with this either um but if there is a song and i can't imagine it takes a lot to get kate on the dance floor what song needs to be playing oh yeah go on um maybe oh wow hard hard question um maybe you'll always find your way back home My, um hannah montana miley cyrus that will get me on the floor Nine to five, Dolly Parton. Oh, classic. That'll get me going. And do you know what? To be fair, there's something about, and there's like there's like a meme that I see all the time, and it does it, it makes me laugh. Um, about when, regardless of who you are, as soon as you hear "Let's Go, Girls," oh you're yeah, going. Oh, totally. <laughs> you're going. <laughs> That's so funny. You're going. Yeah, Shania Twain. All yeah, all of them. But On yeah. the flip side of that. Is there a song or an album that kind of like that you would lean into if you were having a bit of an emotional day that brings oh that God. kind of out in you? Um, oh, Golden Hour by Casey Musgraves is one of my favorite albums of all time. Um, and then I Can't Make You Love Me is the best song ever. I just got when you said so, that, like, the goosebumps. best song ever. If I need to cry, I'm, I will be listening to that song. <laughs> There's a version, I was very fortunate to be at a Dow show once and she covered that song. Oh my God. And so even talking about it, the goosebumps on my arm. Like, oh my God. There is something very, very powerful about that song. It's just perfect. I genuinely think that's like in my top three most perfect songs ever. But yeah. Love that. And then, okay, final question. If there was a song 
that you would put in a box, wrap a chain around it, and just kick it in the ocean and never hear from it again. <gasps> so would it be? Funny. Um, oh, I don't want to piss anyone off. Oh no, it's all right. We've had we've had a wide range of answers for this. Like There's no never beef on this show. Again. <laughs> never hear again. What is something? God, this is so hard because I just don't <laughs> listen to things I don't like. Well, that's good. That's interesting. It might just be like it might just be like so overplayed, or it's just been kind of. We've had like all sorts. We've had Crazy Frog. We've had Old Town Road. Um, we oh, had I was a nanny, so out. I'm gonna do um, what's it? Baby Shark. I never want to hear <laughs> that in my life again. I would. I happily will say this. I was a nanny, so I'm like, get it away. <laughs> That's good. I want to <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> imagine? Oh my god. I know I know a few but yeah, that's probably the easiest one to say. <laughs> <laughs> you have been brilliant to waffle Thank with. You. And honestly, like keep going with the music because it is incredible. Like honestly, the the live shows, if you haven't already got tickets, where are you going and where can people get tickets? Um, I am going all around England and Dublin, so One Irish. Of the best cities. I'm so excited. Um, so you can get tickets. All of the links are in my like Instagram and everything bio. But if you don't, you could just look look up Kate Official, and then all of the dates are there. So yeah, please come. Please. It's gonna be a party. <laughs> I know it's gonna be so fun, and I have Elle Coves opening up for me, and she's amazing. So it's gonna be a fun time. We love this. Right. Best of luck. And thank you so much for joining me for a waffle. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been really fun. <laughs> if you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You've been listening to the Waffle Shop Podcast with me, Taylor James. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and even leave a review. It means the world to me. See you soon.